Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I am glad you are here. This is episode number 140. I have show notes for this podcast. You can go to our website, rickthomas.net, look for episode 140, and what you will find are the outline for what I'm going to go through in this podcast, and I have two infographics that I want to walk through, two important infographics tied to discipleship, accountability, soul care within the local church, and these will be helpful visuals for you, and you're welcome to access these and look at them at episode number 140, the title of this podcast, this show, Life Over Coffee, The Downside of Accountability Partners. I want to talk about this idea of accountability, specifically accountability accountability partners, and I hope it will be instructive for you. We all, I think, are familiar with this idea of accountability partners, and it can be a good idea. Accountability context can be excellent for two individuals to meet up and to care for each other. But many times these relationships run out of steam for various reasons or they don't become all that the persons hope they would be. And I want to take this idea of accountability partners and talk about it, and I want to introduce or suggest to you a better way of thinking about soul care, and that's what these graphics are about. A few years ago, I had a gentleman come to me, and he asked me if I would be his accountability partner. He was my friend then and now. I have known him for, I would say, 20 20 years, but... I did not want to be his accountability partner. Now, let me walk through that. It wasn't unkindness on my part. It wasn't because I didn't like him. I liked him then, and I like him now. But the issue, the primary issue, is that we didn't attend the same church churches. We didn't attend the same church. We went to do two different churches. And because of my view of accountability partners, which I don't really use that language. I like the idea of discipleship and soul care. I knew that I would not be an effective accountability partner for him because here's the bottom line. We did not do life together. We were laboring in God's vineyard, but I was in one corner of God's vineyard and he was in another corner. He was doing his thing in his local church, in his world, with his life, and I was doing my thing in my local church with my life, with other people. And for us to meet up for accountability, it could have a little bit of positive effect. But my desire for him was for for him to receive exactly what he wanted. He wanted soul care. He wanted to connect with someone so that he could benefit from the relationship, mature uh, in the accountability context, and it also impact him in a powerful way, in a transformative way with his other relationships. And so he was going outside of his local church. It would, it would be similar to receiving counseling outside the local church, 
receiving counseling in an artificial context from an individual that you don't do life with, and then going back to your local church to do life with everybody that you know and everybody that knows you in real-time context. Now, I'm not saying that that's the worst idea ever created. I'm not saying that it's wrong for you to do that, have accountability partners. They can be useful contacts for two individuals to meet up and care for each other. And I am sure that some of you could write in and say, I've had accountability partner for the past 10 years, and it has been amazing and there's so much good that has come out of it, and I've changed in so many ways because of my accountability partner and so forth and so on. I know that's true. But one of the things that I have heard in the 30-plus years that I have been a Christian is that accountability partner-type contexts are not the best. And honestly, I think if I kept a record, which I have not, I believe that I have heard more complaints from individuals about accountability partners than I have heard the good side of them. And I understand the complaint because this is not the best way for soul care to happen. I think part of why we do accountability partners and it has become a thing over the past 40 or 50 years, is because our life has sped up to such a degree that accountability partner context or like grab-and-go context. I don't know if you've ever run a marathon or a 10K or a 5K. I used to run in my former life, and when I would run a 5K or a 10K, they would have these water stations set up along the route, and you're running, and you don't stop. And there will be volunteers working these events, and they would take little paper cups of water and hold them out for all the runners, and the runners would grab and go. And that's what I mean. You don't stop running. You just have a grab and go. You drink the water. You throw it down, down your throat, and you throw the paper cup on the ground, and you keep on going. Well, accountability meetings can be like this and they are there's an echo here of counseling sessions and i have made the same argument about the liability of counseling sessions about biblical counseling because it's not the best context for soul care to take place but it is something that has been popularized over the past 50 years just like accountability partners now, I'll just say one more time that these are not unbiblical meetings. I would say that they are sub-biblical, meaning they are not the best. I realize also in some situations it's the best you got. It's the best you can do. And if it's the best you can do, then I would say go for it. But I would want you to give careful consideration to the best option and the best option is always discipleship within the context of your family and then within the context of your local church. Historically, accountability happens in two ways, community and context. Those are the two ways that historical discipleship have always taken place. 
Community life permits everyone in the body to participate in the long-term endeavor of transformation. That's what you want. Think about it from the accountability partner, the one who's holding accountability, the one who's doing the heavy lifting of accountability would be similar to the one who's doing the heavy lifting of biblical counseling. The weight of transformation from a human perspective, I realize that God is the one that brings change. God is the sovereign one who determines how we change, when we change. He's the one that grants repentance, and I understand that. And so I'm speaking from a human responsibility level, mostly, almost entirely in this podcast. And so from a human responsibility perspective, the weight of the heavy lifting is on the biblical counselor because he or she doesn't have anyone else in this individual's life to help them change. Accountability partner can be similar to that. They are the one that has the entire scoop on this individual's life. They are the ones that uh, are hearing the story. They are the ones that are offering the advice, the direction, the wisdom, the counsel. They are the ones that are doing the discipleship. Well, that's not how you see discipleship happening in the New Testament. Discipleship in the New Testament happens in community, and it's a beautiful thing Because an accountability partner, what you really have is an individual who comes from his world and meets up at a location with another person who comes from their world, and they connect in this one moment of time. Let's say that they meet weekly. Well, there's 168 hours in a week. Let's say they meet for one hour. Now, that can be a time of refreshing. It can be a time of rejoicing. It can be a time of enrichment. It can be a time of, of change and, and potential growth. But it is only one hour out of 168 Now, my concern would be who is bringing care to this individual's life for the other 167 hours that I'm not meeting with them. And this is the problem that I had with my friend. Now, I took a good hour to explain my perspective to my friend because I didn't want to be harsh. I didn't want to be unkind when I basically the bottom line was I'm not going to be your accountability partner. Here are the reasons why. But I took a long time to explain this to him because I I, I didn't want him to think (laughs) that I didn't care for him, that I didn't love him, and I didn't want him to be in any context for soul care, but I wanted to give him a better vision, which was in his local church. And so my concern would be the other 167 hours. Say you meet up with someone and and you, you, you could have a wonderful time of talking, but there's no other connectivity to any other individual. The accountability partner is not meeting with other people to talk about you, to interact with what's going on with your life. You're not meeting with anyone else. And it's just, it's really a private time between you and your accountability partner. And there's no continuity that flows out through your day, through your week, through your life. And that is not the best way. We want to do accountability. We want to do soul care in community. And so historical accountability happens in community and in context. Now, this idea of community People have different perspectives. People have different giftings within the body of Christ. And so you can meet with me and gain my perspective and experience my gifting as limited as it may be. 
And then you meet with another person who communicates a different way, who interacts in a different way. But it is a way that's helpful, and it it adds to what you're gaining from me. And then you have another individual that you connect with, whether it's at work or uh, you go hiking together, or maybe it's your spouse or uh, some other type of friend. And when you surround yourself with multiple people, with multiple perspectives on you, that is community life. And so historical accountability happens in community and it happens in context. Now, context gives you different perspectives on one person. And so I can meet with him uh, alone at a restaurant or doing coffee somewhere. And then let's say that I went over to his house and interacted with him and his spouse, his wife. Maybe he has children, and we spent time as a family together. We went hiking through a national park. We cooked out together in the uh, back of of his home, grilled out. Uh, We went to a movie together. We went to church together. It's multiple contexts. It's not an artificial environment. If I meet with him in a restaurant or a coffee shop, it's, it's an artificial environment because it's not real world. I am not seeing him interacting in his real world with his real friends. Those of you who have done discipleship, uh, where you do it often in and where you help people, you know that there is a world of difference between uh, meeting with someone privately and meeting with them with their spouse or other close relationships as you see them interact with each other. It's one of the blessed things that I like about meeting with my mastermind students in their homes. It's not possible for that to do for me to do that in every situation because our mastermind team is scattered all over the place and because this is cyber community we interact primarily in cyberspace but i have had the privilege of meeting with many of my mastermind students in their homes and i've met with their wives and i will tell you 100 times out of 100 what I thought about them in a cyber world versus what I experienced with them in their real world, 100 times out of 100, it is different. I gain new perspective, new ways of thinking about them, things that I couldn't possibly know without interacting with them face-to-face in community. Context gives you different perspectives. I don't mind meeting with someone by themselves, but if I'm going to do long-term soul care with an individual, I want to meet with him, with his wife, with his children, inside his church, in a restaurant, in a restaurant at a baseball game, and as many possible contexts that I can meet this person because each one is putting a new brush stroke on the canvas. I get to learn this person in a new and different way. And the objective here is to learn the person. You cannot lead anybody. You cannot help anyone if you don't know them. And that is a major downside to accountability. In Proverbs eighteen seventeen, it says this, The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. 
how many times have I met with someone, let's say a husband, and I say, hey, man, how's it going? It's going great. How was your weekend? Oh, yeah, it was good. Is everything okay in the family? Yeah, you know, we had a little dust up, but we're doing okay now. And then I have an opportunity to meet with his wife. And I receive an entirely different story than what he downplayed to me in our accountability context. And so context or uh, historical accountability happens in community and in context. Now, if you want, if you want accountability, if you want to go beyond just the Christian protocol of, hey, I have an accountability partner and that's what we've done. We meet up once a week and I've been doing that for 50 years. I, I've heard married couples talk about that with like a date night. Oh, we've had our date night. We meet, we have a date every Saturday night, Friday night, Thursday night, whatever it may be. We've been doing it for 35 years, but they're miserable and, and they don't like each other. And they're just checking the box. And that's my concern with what a lot of accountability meetings can be. In fact, there's no reason for anybody to complain about a poor accountability partner. I said earlier that I hear people, I've heard this all my Christian life, where people complain about accountability partners, accountability context, about being held accountable. Any person who wants to be held accountable, can be held accountable. Any person can do that. In fact, I say it this way. If you want to be held accountable, you must hold your accountability partner accountable or you will not be held accountable by your accountability partner. If you want to be held accountable, you can be. But you will have to hold your accountability partner accountable. When someone comes to me for counseling, or let me put it in this context, when someone goes to the doctor for a physical problem, they're really hurting. They're going to be as clear and as honest and as open and as transparent as they possibly can be with their doctor because they want help. And if you won't help, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your situation is. If you won't help, you can find help. If you're listening to this podcast, then I know that's true for you. You could come to us. You could come to our ministry. If you want to be held accountable, you can be held accountable. It can happen for you. There are character traits involved with accountability, and these character traits are straightforward. If your goal is is legit, that you want someone to help you change, here are a few things. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. I just want to give you some one-word character traits, honesty, integrity, authenticness, genuineness, transparency, Perseverance. Perseverance is huge. You must endure. You must persevere. These are all grace gifts, by the way. This is what God gives us. God will give you these gifts if you ask him, if you truly want to be held accountable. Humility, kindness, 
honesty, integrity, authenticness, genuineness, transparency, perseverance, humility, and kindness. Now, you can add to this list. But if you're going to meet with someone, whether you're going to meet in cyberspace or whether you're going to meet in real space, then if you want to be held accountable, you can be. Too often, accountability meetings are not for accountability. And that's why I would appeal to you. You must be aggressive in making your partner serve you. Don't take the passive approach. You're here the you may have heard the individual said I went to church on Sunday morning and nobody shook my hand. Now I would not tell this person how bogus that is because I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings and they already have a bad attitude and so I wouldn't say it the way that I would be thinking about it. If you go to a church meeting on Sunday morning, whether you've never been in that building in your life and you're a visitor to that church, and you say nobody shook your hand, please understand how wrong that is. Please understand how anti-gospel that is. The gospel is about going. The gospel is always about leaving your place and going to someone else's place. God, uh, uh, Jesus, our first missionary, left his place, came to our place to transform us. And if you go to a church meeting on Sunday morning, whether it's the first time in the building or, or the fifth time, it doesn't matter, you leave your seat and you go to somebody else's seat and you extend your hand and say, hi, my name is Rick. What's up? Let's talk. There is, it is so bogus for somebody to say that I went to this church and they were not friendly. That is so passive. It is so lazy. It is so anti-gospel. You must be aggressive in making your partner serve you. You should never complain about an accountability partner. I mean, not in the sense of not getting what you want. Now, if your accountability partner struggles with fear of man, if your accountability partner is superficial, if your accountability partner doesn't have passion for God, well, the question I would ask is, why do you have that person as your accountability partner? Now, maybe you thought that they had all these qualities, but then you find out that I can't hold this person accountable for holding me accountable. Then find another accountability partner. Find somebody who will be honest with you. Find someone who will talk straight with you. Find someone who will love you enough that it will be iron sharpening iron. It would be what Proverbs says, that faithful are the wounds of a friend. Not somebody who's harsh and unkind and likes beating people up. Uh, no, but find somebody who will, who is willing, and they have the game they're courageous, they're loving, they're kind, they're gospel-centered, and they do want to hold you accountable, and then you make it happen. Don't be the passive person sitting in the back pew of the church building with your arms folded saying, this is an unfriendly church. Don't do that in your accountability as well. And so you must be aggressive in making your partner serve you. You must share all of yourself with the other person you can't share half-truths about yourself. You can't hide behind a lot of talking. You can't hide behind a lot of not talking. 
you, you have to be willing to share all of yourself. You can't change the subject. You stay on point because you are sincere. You are aggressive about taking your soul to task. You're just like that patient in the doctor's office and you are hurting. Uh, I've been to the doctor a number of times over the past year, couple of years with some significant problems. And I'll tell you that when I go to the doctor's office, I'm not hiding anything. It's like, doc, you help me. And if you can't help me, I'm going to go find somebody that will help me. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And if you want to be held accountable, you will do this. You'll do it in community. You will keep looking for those individuals and you'll build a team of people around you with various gifting. Some of them will be very good at soul care. Some of them won't be that great, but they can be good friends and they're kind, they're the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with because you want to be exposed in community. You want them to see you as you are. And so you're doing soul care in community. You're doing soul care in multiple contexts, not just doing Denny's, once a month on Saturday morning from 8 to 9, but you want to be held accountable on Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Monday afternoon and and Tuesday and, and every other day of the week because you want to be held accountable. And so if you want to be held accountable, you must hold your accountability partner accountable or you will not be held accountable by your accountability partner. Be aggressive. Share all of yourself. Do not hide parts of yourself if you desire accountability. Some of the traits that you're looking for, honesty, integrity, authenticness, genuineness, transparency, perseverance, humility, and kindness. Now, as I wrap up this podcast, I want to give you some accountability questions. Now, I would encourage you to look at, again, look at these two infographics. The first infographic is a, is a typical traditional counseling construct where two individuals don't have any interaction with each other in any way, shape, or form except for this one little meeting that they have once a week or once every two weeks or once a month or whatever it is. That's lame I mean, if that's best you got, I understand, but that is not the best way. And then this second uh, infographic is two people that are doing life together. They're meeting on Sunday morning and they're talking transparently. They may be, be meeting in a small group. They may meet as couples. They may meet as person to person, which is the uh, traditional accountability partner thing. Uh, they meet at different events, cooking out or shopping or sports or whatever it is that they do. They're doing life together, and that's the point. And then they interact through social media. And so I want you to look at these two infographics. I would love for you to share them with other people. I would love for you to share them in a small group context and say, hey, I want you to listen to this podcast. I want you to look at these show notes. Let's talk about these graphics because we want to move beyond this historical once a week, once every two week accountability meeting. And we want to do life together like what the New Testament teaches. Now, another study that you can do are the one another's. Uh, in in the uh, New Testament. There are over 30 of them in the New Testament, and it would be a beautiful study to see how to do life together. Let me give you a few accountability uh, soul care 
questions that you can ask uh, each other. These questions are also in my book, Change Me, the Ultimate Life Change Handbook. You can find uh, in one of the chapters in that book, and I would recommend that book to you. But here are some simple questions, and these are the questions that Lucia and I have historically asked each other. What is the Lord doing in your life? Now, remember that when you ask that question, that question could go nowhere. That question could be lame. Because when you ask the question, oh, God is good. Oh, God is great. Had a wonderful time reading my Bible. Here's my nugget of the day that I got out of the Bible. That is so lame. When someone asks you, what is the Lord doing in your life? Sure, you can share, and it is perfectly appropriate to share all the good things that God is doing, but it also means the things that aren't going so well with you. And when it comes to accountability to soul care, those are the things that ultimately you want to get into. Another question is, uh, will you help me in a specific area of temptation in my life? Now, that is a fantastic question. That is more focused in on what you want to accomplish in these kinds of settings. You want to deal with the things that are wrong with you and the things that need to change. Imagine if you were an accountability partner and your person came to you and said, hey, would you help me with this specific? And then they named the specific sin area in their life that they were that genuine, that authentic, that transparent, that desirous to change, that would be a fantastic accountability question. I have others listed here that you're welcome to look at. Read the entire show notes, episode 140, and let us know how we can serve you. We would love to. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.